welcome back to another fleshy episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, sex magic this month. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, guy who just has a lot of knives stuck in him. Alex Dandino. Yep. That's right. Before we continue our journey through the Hellraiser franchise, a little business, it's official. We are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to support the show, the only way to get a horror movie episode every single day this month is part of the Horror Movie Mega Marathon. Guys, we have awesome stuff over there. You get a vote on the movies in the Patreon exclusive library, many series commentaries, uh, awesome friends over there. We got all kinds of fun stuff we're working on. We work very hard to make the Patreon awesome uh, for all of our supporters. So for all of you who do support us, thank you so much. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Subscribe to uh, the YouTube Film Alchemist so you can see our fleshy little bits as we chat the movies for you. You can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. It'd be great if you would join us over there and uh, share, retweet, all that shit uh, for the October Horror Mega Marathon. We're working hard, man. We want as many people as we can to find it, uh, and that's something you can do to help us out. Something else free and easy to help us out and all podcasts, really. Take the seconds. Leave a five-star rating and review everywhere you find the pod. Uh, it helps us defeat the algorithmic Chris Angels that be trying to control our lives and our bodies, which we don't want. We want to break free and do our own thing. Oh, right. Deader. We have fucking crawled up from the murky fucking uh, dungeon that was Hellseeker. And now we're back to a Hellraiser movie that, while <laughs> not a streamlined narrative missile, um, this movie's fucking fun. Hellraiser Deader. Hate the title, but this movie, again, this is something I mentioned in Hellseeker, right? What, these movies aren't great, right? Hellraiser lost its way a little bit at this point. Right. And the, the Hellraising seems less a part of it than you would like for a Hellraiser movie. Right, right? not Fine. as much Hellraising so, as you'd expect. Yeah, it's not enough pinheads, not enough Cenobites, not enough the stuff we want, right? So what I always ask is, what does your movie do really well? This movie is super fucking fun. It gives us some very fucking weird visuals. It has a couple of moments that are really good horror movie scenes. Um, so yeah, I think this movie has this movie has three or four scenes where I'm like, these are great, legitimate scenes. I'm enjoying my time in a Hellraiser movie again. Thank the gods. Thank Leviathan. That's what I was thinking to myself. So again, I I think this movie suffers from a lot of the issues that uh, some of these latter Hellraisers do. But at its very core, it delivers a very fun, uh, flesh-ripping experience in the Hellraiser franchise. So, Alex, open us up on Deader. Deader was definitely better than uh, Hellseeker. Uh, if not just because it actually, um, and I read this, I read this later, um actually completely ignores Hellseeker's uh entry into the franchise. Um so originally this was uh, I get it. <laughs> originally they had commissioned a this a writer named Peter Briggs who had written a draft of Freddy versus Jason that they really the Dimension Films was really impressed with. They had asked him to write 
a version, uh, seventh, uh, seventh Hellraiser movie. Like, okay, cool. He wrote it. The pitch came in. It was a little too high budget. So they went dumpster diving. Not a bad thing, by the way, but they went, uh, looking for other movies and other pitches. And they happened upon the spec script called debtor by, uh, Neil Marshall Stevens. And yep. they basically had him retool it so that it fit into the, uh, so it fit into the overall Hellraiser universe. I yeah. don't think it's the worst idea. I'll say that. I uh again, I think these later movies, particularly like the problem we had with Hellseeker yesterday was like it just had like no there's no point in it the movie happening really. What's nice about I wanted anyone in the movie to be seeking anything. Yeah. What's different. nice this time <laughs> is like you know, the uh, reporter angle is a good angle. Like it's people fine. seeking something that isn't necessarily ultimate pleasure is what makes hell make Hellraiser movies good when you're just seeking something. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexually awesome, but that's like a bonus. When people are like looking out for shit and they happen upon the puzzle box, that's when like this that's when this movie makes things that's when these movies really work. And I think that's why Deader, while a terrible title for a movie, still has a really fascinating uh, journey to go on, which is good. Yeah. Now, I think of all the franchises, because I think one thing that you'll hear us kind of knock casually is the spec script aspect of this, right? Hellraiser of all. There was this time in the 90s, too, where people are always like they're going to do a Spawn movie where yeah. Spawn's like just in the background of a tale, man. Right. He'll be, like, haunting the film, right? I always remember those kind of descriptions. That works perfectly for Hellraiser, right? Is that there's a, a tale of debauchery happening, and Pinhead is just there, like, overseeing it, like, silly flashbacks, always the same. Right, right. Right, and he's just there to fucking put the hooks in at the end, right? I think it loses some of the, the power of the story, but it's a way to do it, right? And I think this one, to be honest... I have no fucking idea how the Hellraiser and the Deader meet at all. I think there's something this movie needed to do a dramatically better job on. It's why are these two things butting heads, right? Who, because apparently Winters, right? He's like the fucking white shirted version of Chris Angel, right? Um, Chris Angel, you could introduce to your mom, right? That's who he's dressed like, right? Right. Um... He is killing people and giving them the ability to come back to life, presumably because he stole something or he's evading Pinhead uh, in the box. He's a descendant of La, Mach La Marchand. Yes. Right? So that's supposed to matter. Fine. I, I think you would be hard-pressed to tell most people who watch this movie, can you really fucking plug those two in and find that narrative uh, through current? <laughs> I don't think they match up at all, right? There's this point when Pinhead's like, he's creating soldiers in a war he cannot win. You're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I can't wait to understand. Oh, nope. Nope, we're not understanding. Right. Fine. So let's take that criticism out right of the way. I'm I'm with you, man. I thought the reporter angle was fascinating. Because, again, you're, you're right on, right? It's, it's the seeking. And I think this reporter particularly, right? We start off in this drug den. You know, she doesn't want to hit the pipe. She's like, I got everything I needed. Like, kind of taking pictures of human misery. Right. We get the sense that she wants to be in the down and dirty, right? That she knows there's a 
a more true experience than her polished editor and, you know, seemingly former husband or whatever. Right. She no wants idea. to get in the dirt and see the real shit. Right? right. That's a very Hellraiser place to start a film. Right. I thought the opening with the tape was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I thought the tape was a fucking wonderful, brilliant scene. Uh, so open me up. What are, what are you thinking as we see this tape shit unfold? I think. I think it what work. I think what works is. How do I put this? I think what works here particularly is that it's first off, like I fucking love, first off, I just, I, I love that shit. Like I love this whole yeah. sequence. Like it works really well. Or like whoever's running that camera is getting exceptional coverage. Either. <laughs> <laughs> like again, like this is like that. It's, they still do it in movies, by the way. I don't know about you, but like anytime there's like footage, I'm like, yeah. it's just the shot footage from the movie being like, put through like a filter but either way that's neither here nor there <laughs> i like that i like that if i feel i feel like we're getting i, I feel like we're getting hellraiser up front that's what i like like honestly yeah i like that we're getting this kind of thing up front as opposed to the last time i feel like it just like constantly got buried beneath stuff that really didn't matter mm -hmm. like i yeah. like that up front we're like oh shit like you said in the beginning you said in the intro it's got this like uh what oh shit you said what's the fucking movie oh uh lords of illusions like yeah yeah like that's the vibe another <laughs> clive Barker. like but that's the vibe that i got like the entire fucking movie is yeah. it's like not to say it's like cheesy or anything but like that's the vibe i got because this is how it's supposed to play out like i like that that's where we're going with this it starts well and intrigues me to want to actually go on this journey with this person who you know, eventually finds the fucking box herself. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're back to flesh, right? We're back to a fucking disgusting mattress. Right. These people, like you can smell the room, right? The, uh, fear is the place we go to learn. My skin isn't real. My bones aren't real. My flesh and meat aren't real. That's awesome. That is a direct heresy against the hell priest mandate, right? Right. That's the direct heresy. Cause Penhead earlier in the franchise, right? I know everyone's like, it's the Hell Priest, not Pinhead. Fuck off. Everyone Come calls on. him We Pinhead. all call him Pinhead. Don't be that guy. That's what, he's actually the doctor, not doctor. Don't be that Don't guy. Don't be that guy. There's no need. You're right. Don't do that gatekeeping shit, right? So, but Pinhead tells us, right? Like, and that's what the, was fun about part two, right? The Labyrinth and Leviathan is like, no matter where you go, right? All these fucking human uh, follies. Right. They all end one place, man. <laughs> fucking flesh. The pain and plessier, right? That's right. everything. And so this group is that's a direct affront to Pinhead himself, right? And they revive and the gunshot it's just brutal, it's visceral, right? You imagine seeing a tape like that. I remember when the internet was young and you get to college, people are like, You gotta see right. some shit. Well, I like that they used to watch weird shit. And it, it's it's a great way to fucking right. pull you into the flick. Well, this is also, you know, this is early two thousands still. It's two thousand five, so we're still in this like like to that to that extent too, we're in this kick of remaking uh japanese horror movies in american mm -hmm. in american contexts so there's that element too that's kind of fun because you can tell like they're they're really trying you're like guys this is hellraiser we don't need any of that we're all good honestly i think i would fucking die so happy if you let some of those japanese directors at that time have a run at hellraiser oh yeah i thought it, i think it would have been they, awesome they do the fucking ghost movie so well absolutely 
I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine how much awesome shit we would get if they would just license it out and be like, go make a bunch of Hellraiser movies. I bet they'd be fucking totally. great. Right? But, like, here here's an example, right? So that scene when she goes in the apartment and the guy's like, what, what stink? I don't know what stink you're talking about. She goes in and uh, Marla, is that her name? Marla's Marla. in there yeah. fucking dead on the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. We thought she was revived. She's dead. Going through her apartment, dead. the smell. Having, the the Elvis, having her Elvis moment. Yeah, having to get that. <laughs> he's white. <laughs> it's like he's white. No, uh, they all are. Spoiler alert! It's Hellraiser. They all are. <laughs> but uh, when she's sneaking around that apartment, gathering up her wares, right? When she goes into that room and has to get that little Manila envelope from past the dead body, right? It's. It's a cockneyed idea, right? It's it's set up. You're like, that's come on, what? But it works so well. That that scene is is fucking plucked just right. Yeah. And the creepiness is a lot. It's fucking gross. It's visceral. She keeps going like she can smell it, so you can smell it. When she has to fucking crack the fingers to get the box, Ugh. it's it's an awesome scene. Yeah. Like that scene is just better than anything. Honestly, I like that scene pretty much as much as you know most stuff we've seen in the last one or two like this is a really (laughs) fucking fun horror movie scene yeah just crawling around this dead body that has a vivaciousness to it right Mm -hmm. it's it's unsettling and so right away you're like all right we're doing this um you know i think that the pinhead of it you know not not the best pinhead run no but i like this segment of like that body and then finding the the you know fuck caboose (laughs) Like, I think that's really fucking fun. Like, that's a fun place to take a movie, right? Right, right. You walk up to this guy, you're like, let me in the fuck caboose. And people are like, you know, banging out some lady's fucking, you know, squeezing breast milk on a doll. Yep, yep. You know, whatever's happening, you're like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. This is more fun than I've had in that's a while, and like, I'm enjoying this. Th- yeah, like, we're getting back into the uh, seeking, the like, we're getting closer to, like, how far are you willing to go for pleasure? Exactly that's right. That's what this you movie is supposed to be. You have that same self-destructive thing I've exactly. got. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck yeah, let's go. Um, you know, I just I think that's fucking awesome, man. Uh, the whole idea of once you touch the box, there's no turning back. Right. Right? I think that's what these movies are all about, right? Um, there is this weird, like, Pinhead wants to use her, but, like, when he first introduced himself, he's like, let me just fucking pluck your face full of chains and shit. It's like, hey, man. A little more honey. Yeah. A little less fucking chains and whips. <laughs> Whatever. But we get this scene, right? And essentially, he's the one who's like, you know, the debtors, you know, we don't know what they do. However, right? And she's like, I think they bring people back to life. Fine. He's the only one who can bring it. So it sets us on this this race towards something that's pretty fucking fun for the rest of the movie. But, I mean, that's the thing, right? You just have these scenes that are are good landing blocks, right? Like, I don't know that the whole movie itself is streamlined. But, you know, she ends up in the hospital, and the guy's just like, you're a fucking glutton. Yeah. You're you're a fucking glutton, right? You want all of this shit more than you can handle. You've bitten off more than you can chew, and you're like, fuck yeah, that's Hellraiser. That's all I want is this lady knows she should run, and she fucking can't. Yeah. Um, I like... I like those... That's the beats movie. that work for Hellraiser movies. When it's the forbidden fruit... Like, that's why detective stuff and reporter shit works for this version that has no, like, you know, Uncle Franks or any shit like that. Mm -hmm. When it's the seekers of, 
I guess, truth in a way. When it's people who are mm. seeking the truth, that I think is what that that's like the key that unlocks these characters to survive beyond just like the hey, I got a fucking sweaty blood blood face upstairs. Will you like let him feed on you? Like that kind of thing. Like, and that works for those first two movies, but. I think that what makes these movies survive past that is definitely these, the investigation angles because curiosity, man, curiosity is a killer. Yeah. It's the moth to the flame, right? We all are. We all know we shouldn't smoke, drink, eat fast food. Yep. You know, not get enough sleep. Like we all know how to do it. And then we're like, you know what? Fuck our flesh, right? We're all our own little, fuck you flesh. I'm going to eat this extra tray of Oreos. You know, that's, that's just how we do. Right. Um, but I okay, I do want to get your idea on this. I do think the foisting in the childhood abuse angle I I felt a little scummy to me. If this is the problem. Not because it happened, but because they refused to address it in a way yeah. that takes it seriously. I think what happened like that to me is one of those things where you put it in a movie to justify like I don't know. Like to me, characters never need to justify why they're curious. Like we always talk, we talked about this. Why does this lady like to wear black so much? I don't know. It's like, yeah, that's not a good answer for that. Yeah. I mean like, but to just say that she like, here's like, and I I wasn't really, to be honest with you, the biggest problem is I wasn't really sure what they were trying to get at with this whole thing. Like, were they trying to say, the problem is they went back to the well, like five times and you're like, so were they saying that she, because she was sexually abused, that that means that she's ultimately curious or she's experienced. That's why she's always looking under the rocks, right. you know, like, for the dirty parts of life. Which I is don't know. Weird. like to me, like it's one of those things that I feel like people, that's like where people start misinterpreting what I think Hellraiser really is. Cause mm. like that's true trauma and I would never trivialize anything like that. And that is another reason that this doesn't work because it's a little, mm. yeah. If you're going to add something that horrifying into a film, yeah, it needs to have it needs to have real weight, really and fucking like just an ironclad reason right. to exist. What it can't have is the reason is because this is how she's able to tolerate like what she's like. I'm like, no, that's never gonna work. like. I sat there for like ten minutes trying to justify why that was a thing in this person's yeah. backstory. I'm like. Her being an investigative journalist was enough. I had absolutely nothing yeah. else needed. They had this wonderful scene after she wakes up stabbed. Yeah. Where she has to, like, get the knife out of her own back. She's bleeding everywhere. She's getting fucking blood all over this white room. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Right? They have another scene like that eventually. Where, like, your time's right now. She's getting blood everywhere again. She loves rubbing blood on the walls and scream acting. Like, a lot of that. Like, Carly Werher, man. She rules. Shit, right? Yeah, she's really going for it. Yeah, They kept doing this thing where they would try to do interstitials of her trying to pull the knife out of her back and her open bleeding wound Yeah, with the childhood trauma. Yeah. And I was like, I see the, like, shockingly on the nose <laughs> yeah. or chest wound was... symbolism of, like, the open wound you can't get. But I'm like, again... But I don't think they earned. Yeah, like earned that it. is the that is the best way to put it. It's such an unearned beat. Yeah, that you're just like, why is this in the movie? Like, do we need to know that she has a super specific un unclosable wound? Right. Like, we get it. 
Every human who's lived long enough has some unresolved trauma. Hopefully not anything that fucking horrific. No, but like it's such a but, strange thing to have in a movie about like to have they an, show it five times. So I was like this seemingly but like was something that right. really mattered to someone. And it should have really mattered and but it felt like I mean again, like by the end of the movie it is almost it's like almost cruelly inconsequential. Yeah. That is the yeah. problem I have with it. Well, it's like if you watch Human Centipede 2, right, and on, they literally just do everything to be the fucking cringiest, most disgusting, despicable shit. Right. None of it has any kind of like, this is why it's in the movie, right? It's just to fucking make you turn your head away from the screen. Right. And I thought this movie, I was like, you're better than this, this movie. Like, you could have done a little more dead, or I would have liked to have seen that, but, you know. There was this cool idea in the movie, too, I really liked, um, where she starts talking to uh, Zombie Marla, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's like, you're fucking dying, whatever. We find out that the debtors essentially will look as dead as they want to. Right. That a lot of them can't tolerate the idea that they're not dead, so that's why Marla was, like, rotting on the vine. Right. Which was awesome. Which is an awesome vibe. I, I really. It's pretty cool. Pretty she has that cool. line. She's like, "If you go far enough into the darkness, there's no distinguishable difference between life and death." I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Right. Um, I like some of that. So walk me through winter. Winters in this. Movie. Winter la marchande. Winter la marchande. Right. Um, he didn't learn the spaceship lessons. Right. He had this really noble ancestor that was blowing shit up. Right. I guess he was between. <laughs> he was like the less successful uncle. It's like, are you still winning toy awards? I mean, I got a white shirt and I'm living in this sewer. <laughs> uh, walk me through winter I mean, as kind of our our big bad of the. Movie. I mean, it's been a really long time since we've seen since it's been a while since we've seen someone that uh, that like verbose in this series. Like he like he's just got like Uncle Frank vibes, you know. Like it's yeah. it's the level of it's that level of self assuredness, and that's not even the right word for it, but like. Oh, man superiority like like that sense of empirical value you have to this otherworldly thing that you have no control over just because someone you're related to was involved like it's like your whole line is cursed as we learned yeah in Bloodline. winter la marchand is like the chet hanks of the la marchand i get the sense uh, of. Uh, <laughs> no. yeah He's just like a good hang, but you're also like, you don't want to admit it. Yeah, probably he's just like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that guy, but uh, we'll I guess we'll just, you know, we'll live with it. That's that's how I'm, that's how I'm painting. That's how I'm painting Winter Lamarchand. The Chet Hanks of the Lamarchands. A lot of flesh, just not under the skull. Less flesh there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know what? I was actually thinking about that. I was like, a cult dedicated to the Cenobites and the box brilliant idea like i was really in for yeah, that i get it to find out they're like a splinter faction within this church of flesh i'm like all right like this is kind of cool yeah. stealing the the plessier for themselves um i was kind of digging it man like i i was with them i don't think that they manifested in a in a really impactful way i think it's one of those it's a cool idea and it gets you kind of going the tape is great but then it just somewhat dissipates, right? And this is kind of the problem we see in a lot of these where it's like, that's probably a beat where we could have had another pinhead scene, right? Right? We didn't need another fucking, you know, guy saying, stab yourself, don't do it. We're still kind of reality jumping a little bit in this one. Um, 
Because I, I don't understand, right? Because Marla Zombie tells her the, uh, you know, he wants ultimate pleasure, right? right. Uh, Winters can't solve this puzzle. It takes the one. Right. This person who's the right mix of depravity and loneliness. Which. And somehow Amy Klein which is again, the one. Really, like, kind of when you realize, really when, like, that all that stuff starts coming up, it's another thing where, like, this is very inappropriate. <laughs> Like, yeah, there is a flippant use of childhood trauma being used here. I'm like, that makes her worthy of opening this box of terrors. It's a very strange thing. And to what avail, right? Like, I this what I mean, this is what happens when you just force two things together that weren't meant to be together. Right. And they never really found a great answer. Again, I don't think it matters as much. Right. Because by the time we get to the, um, you know, her throwing the puzzle box as a bomb right okay and pinhead opens up like now we're just like the box has no mythological boundaries also this is like a thing from this is a thing from early 2000s movies and i don't know if you've noticed this but like there's an era of filmmaking where throwing things got cgi'd really quickly and it was so, it's so jarring when it happens. You realize how few people have a fucking cannon. Yeah, I, I'm like I was just like, how bad of a throw was Kari Werhers that they had to? Shit, we're gonna have to CGI this fucking box right in there. Like <laughs> we're gonna have to event horizon this box. It's in such here. a Quit. strange. That's such a strange. It's just a weird little picadillo I've noticed from like movies from this era. <laughs> just like I don't know what else to do. There's terrible throwing, so we're gonna have to CGI this thing. <laughs> Did no one see the Sandlot? What is happening? <laughs> Okay, anyways, so yeah, she like, <laughs> she tosses the box, and yeah, like- I like the box bomb. I thought that was pretty I thought fucking it was fucking rad. rad. Boom. I also, I thought it was rad, and I, I do fucking love watching Winters get taken to pieces. Like, that is fucking Yeah, because cool. he cowers, right? When he's like, you can't hurt yeah. me, and he's like, many have said Want that. He's bet. like, no, help me, ah! And you're like, yeah, it gets ripped apart. There is this like like, real, again, I love that. This is the saving grace for me in these movies that I do not think are particularly good is pinheads just like, oh, fine. God. Okay. I guess we're doing this again. Here's my chains. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You can (laughs) definitely tell pinhead was phoning it in when he's like, I'll just fucking conga line kill all of the debtors. Yes. He's like, just two chains. Take them all out in a row. Right. He's like, he's not really at this point. He's not like, oh, because in the first time we see him, he's like, mm, your body is a wonderland. He's essentially yeah. like doing John. Mayer now lyrics. it's like now it's mm. like that Beetlejuice scene when she's playing those Harry Belafonte songs. Like, it's just like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's just we got to get this guy. Our bodies are no longer a paradise. Instead, they fucking, you know, they put bulldoze paradise and build a parking lot. That's all we are to him. <laughs> The magic's gone. It's just not the same as when I first like, oh started hooking flesh. I was really getting into property, brothers. God damn it. Fine. <laughs> I mean, God, like, the benefits were good at the start, but, like, they just don't respect my off hours. Like, I need <laughs> some separation, work-life balance. I'm I am right? telling you, the, this, this run in Hellraiser movies is all factored into people just need to respect Pinhead's off time. He needs his R&R. Yeah. Also... There is just a missing scene here where I'm like, why did this fucking douche winter? It's like, I'll do a chain throwdown. Like, he had no protocols in place. No, none. Whatsoever. 
Like he had not a protocol. He carried the box and left it right by the one right. who can open it. You're some fucking guru and you don't know the like come on guy. Like and also that shot where she like so she's like right before she throws the bomb. Miss yeah. you're like I get it. Like, yeah. Winter, come on. How how bad are you with this? Yeah. Winter, you dumb fuck. Don't you have any pockets in that fucking This is jacket? why you're the fucking Chet Hanks, man. God damn it. This is you. You could have been Sean Brumner. In circumstance, that's it. And Sean Brumner. You could have been Sean Brumner, and instead, you're you. You could have been throwing down with Dexter, but look at you, look you at fucking you. loser. You fucking swamp you're loser. You're just TikToking and ruining it. You Jackson Mahomes, you. That's you. <laughs> you're just here for the looks. That's all. No, um... I I did think because again I was like all right this is pretty rad I'm excited they again betrayed me yep they didn't they have another unearned moment where Pinhead's just like hey thanks for helping me defeat these guys the army that they were gonna battle us with uh hey your dad's in here with me <laughs> yeah I was like nope nope don't like that <laughs> and then our hero who has to say hey I don't give my soul to anyone I've overcome my trauma right. Right, I I have forged ahead once again, unearned. Still has to kill herself. Yeah, that sucks. It, it was. It, it's like you can't have us do the like. I've overcome every form of trauma imaginable. I will not be cowed by any of you. Watch, except for now, I'm gonna give up. Watching it today, particularly like this, like last like 20 minutes of the movie, I was just like, they must have just been running out of money. They're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean. I, the argument would be is that she's already dead, so what does that do to her to do it again? I mean, but no, the, the being her being a debtor right. is a mind game that we don't know who is forcing upon her. Is he actually, like, mind-freaking her? No, I... Because Pinhead doesn't make her think she's dead. No. But then the editor's like, well, you made quite a mess of your hotel room, so we think that there's maybe... Were the deader wounds there or not? Because if the deader wounds were there the whole time, I don't think her re-stabbing. It's so, it's so bizarre. Like, I. This is the problem, right? These movies all just, you're like, I feel like if you guys just had like a 45 minute, like over lunch meeting and you're like, hey, um, just like a question. Why? It was just so simple. Like, it could have been so simple. Yeah. And then this whole thing gets thrown in there. And yeah. I'm talking Hellseeker through Hellworld, right? Yeah. All of them feel like they would benefit enormously. Like, hey, man, here's what we know about Cenobites. Let's just try a tiny bit to, like, connect these spec and mythology we're already doing. Right. And again, they're demons. They're a joke from God, right? They're all destined to fail anyways, right? That is what we learn in all these kind of religious subtext horror movies, right? Right. Um, so even Leviathan, right? Like, it seems like a lot of his plus here is watching them fail. Yes. Because Pinhead watches her do this. And this is another one of those moments where you're like, Pinhead is just talking to her for like three minutes. Yeah. And you're like, so on some level, Pinhead, you know that you're like, hey, I'm going to bring you to hell. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Your father's already father's putting on here. his suspenders. Like, this is horrifying for us, the audience. Why does he not have the chains in already? Yeah, it's just like those use your fucking. Well, it's like this is yeah, like logic. That's the problem too. Is you're like okay, so she has to come willingly. Like literally, no one in the history of this franchise has no one shown has up ever willingly. had to come willingly once they open the box. It's just like the one time you're like, well, all right. 
It's the one rule. Oh, I already used my chains today. Just walk in with me. God Once damn it, Once you please. open the box, you can't turn away from it. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you can. Or you can, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Kersey just does a five for one. She's like, Mal, just do a one for one. I'm out. I used to finish just like, God, God, these coupons they print. They never alert. I had a few. Um, when I was an RA in college, I, I, I always uh, did duty with, uh, she was a, LD, a member of the LDS church. And I was like, oh, I was raised Catholic. That's here. And um, she's like, oh, cool. And, you know, we were just like talking one day and she was like, oh, I'm, you know, I, she does, you know, she was very, very devout. Like she didn't wear um, pants above her, above her knees. Um, that's a yeah. thing. Um, yeah. You know, didn't curse, nothing like that. And, you know, and so finally she was like, do you like, did you retain anything from when you were Catholic, when you were raised? I was like, oh yeah, like I can get away with anything. Like she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, all I gotta do is say I'm sorry. The end of it. Like I was like, Catholicism's like, eh, don't no. do that. Yeah, just say you're sorry. Catholicism. Yeah, you know what? Do whatever. Where want. we get our plus years. Yeah. You're like, hey, you know what? Do whatever you want. And that's like exactly how like this movie ends. Is you're just like, hey, don't do that. Or or you can't. Yeah, you know what? Do whatever you want. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> just it's all good. You know what? Yeah, it's. I'll uh... catch you. I'll catch you another time. <laughs> yeah, it's. I did not like that. Right. Because I'm telling you, I feel like Detter was on a trajectory like I think this could climb in and start rivaling the I think one and two are far superior to all of the rest. Right. It had to be. Yeah. I think Detter had a leg where you're like, this could have been the third best Hellraiser movie had they like just fucking tightened a couple bolts. Yeah. Like, I think it could have got there. Right. It's really kind of got this fun of its time vibe. It's just real sloppy around the edges. Right. Because yeah. even like the ending. Right. So. The editor seemingly kind of knows what's happening. And then he just brings in another dark haired girl. So we know that she's probably also like a glutton for knowledges. And right. Whatever. But is she and he's like, hey, one? watch this tape. OK, but, you know, the fucking group already got blown up. Right. So what the fuck? But that was my thing is like, are they just doing, are they doing a the ring coverage? Thing? He's watching the coverage of where his reporter got blown up. Right. Sees the. The reporter, right? The stand-up reporter is just fucking flippantly like, I found this box, is holding the puzzle box. So now we're doing another Hellraiser 3 reporter versus fucking Penelope. Honestly, I just thought it was like, it was such a weird thing to put at the end of the movie. I was like, are we doing the ring? What is going on? Like, yeah. that was... But this is what I mean. Imagine all the fucking, you know, Dr. Chenards of the world who are like, they see the puzzle box on TV and they're like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They're just like revving the engines. You know what I mean? Right. Clamping themselves up. They're stoked. So I was like, this movie's just throwing wild shit at the end, too. Yeah. Now the puzzle box is on fucking TV. It's on the, the 6 o'clock news. Every pervert in the world is going to be activated. Every pervert's looking for that thing. Yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot another great scene is when she goes back to try to find Joey. And be like, oh, no, I'm dead or now. And she turns around and everyone in that fucking train is dead. <laughs> awesome scene, man. It was a good shot. It was a good scene. Love that shit. I just. um, Yeah. Look. Again. I it, appreciate the swings. The misses yeah. are there. But, you know, I, I, hell I, I like Dead Hell Hell World are all movies that are sloppy at best. Right. Right? Like, they're all needed to put a little more time into a unified vision of this. What I can say is that of those four, Detter is the most fun by a lot. Agreed. I think Detter's more fun than the others, right? And so 
to me, I think I think that matters, right? Are those three or four, right? Inferno included. Um, even Inferno, I think Deader is more fun than Inferno. Um, I don't know if the the main story pans out and they're like the whatever. It's just it's a fun fucking movie that knew what it was there for, right? And kind of comes at it in a different angle. That you know, I just I think it's fun, man. I'd be I'd be more excited to rewatch Deader than many other movies in this franchise. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's it for Hellraiser Deader, man. Uh, what a what a fun ride on the fuck caboose that was. <laughs> Uh, stay with us tomorrow. The train keeps a plowing and, uh, we will be discussing Hellraiser Hell World, um, which I love on the poster. It says evil goes online, Online. (laughs) which once you see the movie, you're like, not very much. It must've been (laughs) dial up, but (laughs) neither here nor there. Uh, uh, so, you know, the deal 31 days, 31 pods of the October mega marathon. We're fucking stoked to be doing this. We would appreciate, guys, if you want the movie every day this month. This is a celebration, bitches. I hope you're all doing it with us. You got to go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod to get those extra movies uh, that are Patreon exclusive. We would really appreciate the support over there if you can. If you can't, you can still subscribe to the YouTube Film Alchemist. You can still leave ratings and reviews wherever you find us. Uh, you can still share all our stuff on your social media. All that stuff means the world to us and helps us out for the film alchemist i'm josh griffin i am alex dantino 